I'm Stevie. I'm Emily. This is the Sex Files. I hate intros, but like I need to be sure that you guys are mixing up our voices. No, I love it. Um, how are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm great. Are you? Sort of. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I'm probably just probably the the best I've been in like the past four years. Yeah, you know, I think me too, actually. Just that's so strange that it's isn't the same, that funny? So same funny. amount of time. It's so funny. So funny. So interesting. Yeah, retweet. Anyway, Trump lost. Fuck Trump. Fuck Trump. We're you guys are gonna be listening to this a week late because we're actually ahead of recording now, like we were in the beginning. <laughs> Because there was a time there where we were recording episodes the day before they came out. But we've gone ahead again. Thank you so much. You heard, if you heard us say that we were recording episodes the day before they came out, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> we've always been ahead. Of you. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so we found out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, we found out on Saturday, November 7th, yep. that Donald Trump lost his job. Thank God. Aww. He's getting Aww. the whole COVID experience. Aw. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Dude, that was a good one. Thanks. Seriously. He got COVID um, and he lost his job. Yeah. Suck my dick, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so the election happened. Um, it took about four days to count all of the votes and everything, as all of you probably know. Mm-hmm. We just kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit. It feel it, it was so refreshing yesterday to go on the internet and see videos of people dancing and singing and being happy. Like, yep. I was crying all day because I forgot what it was like to see happiness. To be happy. <laughs> to be happy, to see happiness, like, across, like, in, a, in like, a worldwide sense. Yeah. Like, that, there's just been so much mass misery. <laughs> was- totally. No, seriously. Well, it's also, like, it's been, obviously, the mass misery that this administration has created but then it's also just been like this cloud that's been over everything for the past like four years yeah even when good things happened yeah exactly and i know you have emily has a lot of prepared points about this um i have none because i was on set all day and i am i can't manage my time um uh (laughs) but it feels so i know you're going to talk about this but like biden sucks but it feels like the first time that we felt like a glimmer of hope in such a long time. Like totally. So like just like mass, it's so palpable. It's wild. Um, uh, I'm going to talk about something that's not so serious first because I think it's really funny, but okay, do it. you know, so like when the, ele- when all the results were being counted, everyone on Twitter decided to start simping over uh, journalists. Oh Yeah. I used to be so attracted to Jay Tapper. Used like to a be. A couple of years yeah. ago. Okay, listen, listen, listen. My attraction to him was rekindled. So thank you, every single person <laughs> who was simping over journalists this past weekend and news anchors because you reminded me of um, how hot journalists are. Yeah, so like Jake Tapper. Fucking, I am a journalist. Yeah. Whatever. Well, Jake Tapper, a fucking babe. Jordan Klepper. Yeah. Love of my life. Also, I didn't know about Chris Kumo, but Kumo. How do you say his last name? I knew. Kumo. I knew I was going to say it wrong. I knew I was going to say it wrong. I, was... <laughs> I knew I was going to say it wrong. Cuomo. Cuomo. Yeah. Well, him. <laughs> I'm in love with him. 
<laughs> Clearly, it's not that deep. <laughs> and his thick arms. His hands and the veins. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Anyways. I know 99% of you <laughs> hate men. I'm so sorry. Thank you for listening to me do this all the time. 99% no, of you. I mean, That's the percentage I've decided it is. <laughs> listen, no man would ever bring me to my knees, but let me tell you. I think I don't – I could beg to disagree, but I'm not going to call you out on the podcast. No, please call me no, out. No, I can't because we aren't allowed do to it. talk about him. No man brings me to my knees oh. and then I'm saying – Except, except, except. Okay, a select group. I'm with you. Okay, I've got it. Yeah, yeah. I feel um, like I'm on my knees too often. I need to work on that. <laughs> that's okay. Where's my standards? Okay. Listen, there's more to men than arm veins. Like I can, I need to. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you something for free. <laughs> I am on my knees for Jillian Anderson all the time. You're right. Yeah. Do you want to talk about even what you sent me today on Snapchat? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, Should I'm. I? I'm going through mentally whether or not. Do you want to talk about it and then you can decide later and we'll cut it out if you decide. Okay, to- let's, okay. okay yeah, let's talk, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You explain what happened. I can't speak. <laughs> okay. So I was that, working but- on set today um, and it's a, it's a slasher movie, I guess is technically the genre. Um, but essentially I murder someone, which is fun. And so I had fake blood all over me and all over my face. And I sent Emily a Snapchat of that. And she replied, LOL, me after eating she out on her period. And then she said, I'd understand if you don't want to be friends with me again after that one. I absolutely, like, if you think that that is going to turn me off from her, you're absolutely really? incorrect. What an honor for her to bless me with yeah. that. Yeah, and that translates to all period sex. What a fucking honor. Absolutely. Seriously, like throw down a towel and get going. Yeah. Like who gives a shit? So yeah, if you think that that's going to stop me, you're wrong. <laughs> Back to the election. <laughs> so just some things because um, this is what I want to get into in my career. So I'm just going to let her when it fly her, to- flap her journalist wings. That's a bad metaphor. You yeah, sort of. Baby, go. Okay, so Biden won, as we as we said, but really, most Trump importantly, lost. Trump lost. Um. Uh, more importantly than than Biden winning is we have our first woman in the White House, first woman vice president, first black woman vice president. Um, but even more importantly, beyond the pre- beyond the precedent of that, like I said, we voted Trump yep. out, and that is amazing. Yeah. Um, so we all know, obviously, that's great, but we also all know that he did not take racism, xenophobia, misogyny, all the other horrible things that he's done with him. But hopefully he will take the overwhelming acceptance and eager perpetuation of all of those yeah. with him. Hopefully. Hopefully. One can hope. Um, it'll still exist in spades, but hopefully the um, willingness for Americans, the willingness of Americans to be proud of those things and be proud of showing those things will have left with him. Um, just a note so that this is very clear. We are not thrilled that Biden won. Um, 
both Biden and Kamala Harris have uh, very problematic pasts and careers. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are relieved and rejoicing in the fact that we no longer are on the verge of fascism, basically. Um, And this means that we still need to hold these people accountable. They aren't celebrities. They Mm -hmm. aren't our friends. Like the fan cams are really funny. And I will be the first to admit that Kamala Harris is a MILF. (laughs) Okay. I will be the first to admit that. But like they work for us. They are public servants. So we have to demand the same accountability and respect and work out of them as we did, despite the fact that it was fruitless with Mm -hmm. Trump. Um, And holy hell. Wow. They better make the lives of black women better because, and that's on us. Like that is on everyone who is not a black Mm -hmm. woman, but a particularly Particularly white white woman to demand that they do. I'm relieved. I'm very emotional. I can't stop dancing. I went to a little corner party last night that everyone was celebrating Which is beautiful. My town's disgustingly old and conservative that I'm in right now. Yeah. And it was very quiet yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. I humped a lot. There was one guy. Yeah, I love that. There was one guy who drove past us who like just held his, he just gave us all, gave all of us the finger Mm. and everyone was just like, fuck you. I mean, you lost. Yeah, literally. Cry about it. Um, And, um, but yeah, so despite all those emotions, like I am ready to keep working. Like now it feels like we have some sort of hope in the fact that things that we care about can be accomplished and that we're not going to be constantly have to be fighting for um to protect things that are being dismantled or things that are you know so we have to keep our foot on the pedal the only difference like i said will be in demanding that work be put in to better the lives of marginalized Mm -hmm. folk as opposed to fighting tooth and nail to prevent the harmful work that's been flourishing the past and what i would love to see is kamala keeping up that I'm speaking energy that she, that she put forward in the vice presidential debate um, for the next four years. And other thing, we need to show the same amount of hype for every black woman as we have been for Kamala. And the last thing is that I just want to say Joe, Joe better not think he can hide behind having a black woman as his Mm -hmm. VP. Um, He chose to run. At his big age. At his big age, his big old age. <laughs> At his big age. And he communicated that he was up for the job. Now he needs to follow through for the people who got him there. And that is like the bare yep. minimum. And that's uh, and that's unfortunately, but ultimately on us to demand that he does. Yes. And that's it. That's all and that's, that's it. all so you I have thank you. Thank you for yeah. letting me thank you for giving me that space to Girl, nerd out and just make always that that's very infinitely I'm more than clear. happy to give you your space and nerd out about whatever the fuck you want but that's not nerding out that's like factual and needs to be said um so all you yitches listening the work does not end it has only begun and this is a really good point yep. to bring up so i work with a um collective called the friday fundraising collective that was founded by two of my friends who um just wanted to like get a little group of people together to ask for um, donations on their Instagram stories every Friday to support and uplift small independently owned by POC organizations. And the group has expanded. And since June, 
Um, and since then, the group has raised over. F Let me check the number. Sorry, one second. This is like my favorite thing ever. I get so I'm so proud of Stevie for being a part of it and for her two friends that started it. It's like truly amazing. Since June, we've raised forty two thousand four hundred and thirty two dollars for various organizations. Forty two amazing over 42,000 like so much and it's simply from asking for five or ten dollars on your Instagram story from your followers every Friday so if you want to be a part of it that's truly all you do is just and then you can pitch organizations if you want you can be more part of the leadership team but if you go to the Friday fundraising collective on Instagram we'll link everything in all of our threads um, there's a form that you can fill out um, if you're interested in joining the group there's also a link tree that just has a bunch of information about the group you can meet all the members there's a um what are those called? The little, there's a highlight for that on the page as well. Um, but I have, I'm part of that group. So I do that on my Instagram, my personal Instagram, which is at Stevie Bonifacio on Instagram, which is in the bio of our sex files, Instagram, whatever, we'll link everything. Um, and so every Friday we raise money for, to uplift people of color. So yeah, so that's a really easy way to get involved if you're not involved was my point. Sorry, I kind of lost the thread. No, that's amazing. Um, but it's a really, it's like literally the bare minimum. It's just posting on your Instagram stories and asking and um, getting creative and ways to get your, and like holding people accountable. Because truly, if you're getting coffee totally. every week, just uh, allocate one coffee every week. Yeah. It's, and even $1 helps yeah. truly just making a weekly donation of that. Like it adds up quick. So that's an amazing organization yeah. that I'm very lucky to be a part of. And um, if more people can help support that, that's a great way to get involved if you haven't been and you want to make sure and you want to, or you just want to continue your work. Absolutely. That was amazing. Thank you for, thank you for saying that. Um, so the next thing we wanted to cover is a very brief, but very important um, yeah. sex ed little corner. question that we got. So we've gotten in a, an immense amount of questions on our Curious Cat and our Instagrams, and so please keep them coming, but it's going to take us some time to get to them. So like, if we haven't answered your question, we will. Like, We're not going to ignore any. Um, just we'll, we'll get to it, be that oh, yeah, on social media or on the podcast itself. Um, so anyways, for today's Absolutely. question, do you have it? Yes, I do. So the question was, um, what do you do if you want more sex than your partner? Um, so ultimately, what do you do? How do you manage a relationship where there's differing sex drives, differing libidos? I just want to say um, the first thing is that there's nothing wrong with you or your partner. Um, like we're human, varying sex drives is, you know, a thing Very that's normal. going to happen and that's going to fluctuate. Yeah. And you're not wrong um, for having a higher or a lower one. There's nothing wrong with you. And it's okay for that mm -hmm. to fluctuate throughout your life, throughout the week, throughout the whatever. To answer the question, what can you do about that difference? Um, there's a couple of things that I just kind of put together that hopefully maybe possibly will be helpful. So you can decide, the first thing that you need to do is basically just decide whether or not it's a deal breaker for you. And that's totally okay. If sex is something that's really important to you in a relationship and you want to have that met through, through that relationship only, then mm -hmm. that's totally valid. Meeting someone on that level of how often you want partnered sex for some is a box that they'd like to tick. You just need to communicate mm -hmm. that with your partner as honestly as possible. 
um, and frame it as a variance between you and not yes. a flaw in her. Yes, if that exactly. Is how you're you feeling. don't you don't want to be shaming your partner into having sex with you or um, mm. making them feel like something's wrong with them for not wanting to. But if that's a need that you have, that's okay. Like there's nothing. When pe- I have a hard time with this, but I feel like when people can't meet your needs, it's easy to assume that something's wrong with them. Or if you can't meet somebody else's needs, you think totally. it's like a character flaw when really it's just, you just need something else. There's nothing wrong with the people involved at all. Setting a boundary, stating a need is not a rejection of that person. It's not a rejection of the way that they are. It's an honoring of yourself. As long as you view it as that, you're all good to go. So then the second reason, if you don't feel that way, if it's not a deal breaker for you, then um, here are a couple of ways that you can move forward. So the first is like literally become a solo party, babe. Just lean into solo sex as much as you want. Um, connect with yourself. Have more date nights with yourself. Um, have more sex with yourself. Basically, um, go fuck yourself more. It's revolutionary in so many ways. Um, so that you reach your goal, um, which is you being satisfied with the frequency of how often you're having sex and your partner being comfortable with her cute little bite-sized libido. Um, cause that's ultimately what you want. It's just like an equilibrium on both ends. And we're saying she, because the relationship that's particular to the relationship that we're talking about, but this obviously translates to all gender identities. Absolutely. And the second thing that you can do is celebrate your partner's cute libido um through other gestures of intimacy um so that she feels whole and not like she's lacking in any way this can look like um asking her how can i worship you when we aren't having sex together how else can we share intimacies um that can that question can look like i think it's also helpful if you suggest things so that can look like um, taking a bath together, cooking her favorite meal together, brushing her hair, giving her a massage, taking mm-hmm. her to her favorite shop, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are a lot of non-sexual ways, platonic ways to show intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing you can say is outside of the bedroom, what else can I do to make you feel happy and safe? Um, another just good general one is how do you like to be loved? Um, and ultimately what you want, what it comes down to is like you saying, I love you and I adore this relationship. Um, and I really want X, Y, Z. And so how, either, how does that sound to you or how can I make you feel as safe and seen as possible and happy to be on your own timeline, um, as things progress? Um, like Stevie said earlier, it's really, really important to, it's a very fine line, I think, when you're talking, because even if it's not intentional, um, sometimes it's easy to slip into this, but Mm. do not put pressure on her or your partner to want more sex than they naturally um, desire. Mm -hmm. In fact, you should verbally articulate that you're not doing that. Like you need to explicitly be like, there's nothing like really put emphasis and reassure because these conversations can be really hard. And women, especially, I think, are really shamed for not having no men too all gender identities people are really mm-hmm. shamed for just not having high sex drives in a lot of ways um like there's something broken with you and then you're also shamed for having too high of one so it's like there's really no winning um but anyways the point is that it's sensitive and to handle the situation with sensitivity but you're in a relationship so you're probably gonna fucking do that anyways so no 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 it's no. hitting now. <laughs> no no there's not no 
everything needs to be articulated. Yeah. In this relationship and on this podcast. Yeah, you're right. Don't assume don't assume anything. Yeah, you're right. Because somebody, one person could not have realized. Totally. You're right. Wow. Um so rather frame frame this as a celebration of her exactly the way that she is and brainstorming ways that you can both make each other feel fulfilled along with what you'll be doing um, on your own, the work that you'll be doing on your own. Um, If those two options aren't for you, you can also talk about opening up the relationship Mm -hmm. um, in some capacity. I am not, and I I, I don't want to speak for you, but we are not educated enough. And um, I'm not. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, no. In poly relationships. Mm -hmm. So I would direct you to um, uh, Gabby on Instagram. Her at is um, mm. at. Um, Are you done? No. Oh. Gabby Dunn also is a. Um, is she? She's on Instagram and she used to work for BuzzFeed and she is polyamorous and has talked a lot about that. And I love no her. Way. I love, I've loved her and Allison Raskin. Like they're best friends and they wrote, like, I have loved them for so long. Like I normally don't ever like YouTube figures or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's so strange. No, yeah, my, the Gabby I was suggesting is also polyamorous. She, her at is. Um, Gab Alexa, G A B A L E X A. Um, and yeah, she's another great queer poly girl um, who speaks about that and a lot of other just generally sex positive things often. And she makes really funny TikToks too. Cool. Yeah, we can um, like both of those people there. Totally. Um, the two Gabbies. Mm-hmm. So, That's cool. so cool. I would say one or some mixture of those would be our advice. Yeah. Because I, I also don't know enough about polyamorous relationships um, to speak thoroughly on it. But like, that's great. It's worth that's, learning about. Absolutely. Sure. Totally. Okay. So that's it. Um, so the, the last thing that I wanted to, to do um, is before we start the episode, with all of the election stuff going on, mm-hmm. um, with the nature of this episode, mountain of of horse shit oh, of an episode ready buckle that up was even, that was even worse than i remembered yeah i want to do something that is celebratory um to make up for how triggering and horrible this episode is for trans and non-binary people what are you um, do? in highlighting some of the recent and direct wins for trans and non-binary <gasps> folk yeah actual representation that's such a good idea yeah right and there were so many there were so many yeah go go so um maureen turner we got our first first non-binary and first muslim when elected in oklahoma yes then we have Richie Torres and Mondaire Jones, who are the two first openly gay black members of Congress ever. Um, this is huge. Sarah McBride, who is the first trans state senator in America, in the whole country. In the whole country. Um, Kim Jackson is the first openly LGBTQ plus state senator in Georgia. Um, Taylor Small is our first trans legislator in Vermont. Amazing. And then Stephanie Byers is our first trans legislator in Kansas. Woo! So let's go fucking representation. This is what America looks like. This is America what America looks is like. America fucking inclusive and vast and amazing um, when it's truly represented for what it is. Yeah. 
okay that was like a really big high and i just thought about going to the episode and i am so so disappointed but no just remember that and know that we're talking about this from a place of growth and knowledge and how fucking rad that we are able to to know more than you know what i mean totally fucking awesome that we have the privilege of being educated and learning and working on ourselves like this so that we don't have to be in this rut like everybody in this episode is this horrible totally yeah yeah so So, like um, look at that it's fucking rad that we know enough to to watch this and know that it's horrible yeah and be able to articulate yeah exactly so everything's Um, a win and like we're not saying that things are better in real life no Mm -mm. but it's a privilege to to be able to educate yourselves on this rather than experiencing it absolutely and that translates to all things specifically racism yes let's let's just say um we're doing gender bender <sighs> this is the worst episode of television i think i've ever watched in my entire life mm-hmm. and i used to love i love lucy <laughs> exactly sometimes he spares his wife when she's bad i'm not joking exactly and this is the worst exactly. episode of television this is no this is so much worse i say used to love as if i still don't love i love lucy that show shaved me that's okay. You can still love it. Right. Should we get into it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm doing the plot. <laughs> it's okay. I was like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Thank God you're doing the plot because to me, this entire episode was just uh, incident after incident after incident of sexual assault, which was... Yeah. I'm like in a fun. very triggered place, but I was, I was, I prepared for it. I knew that that's what this was about. Like, can we just, can we just take... Uh, no, I'm gonna get it. I right oh, now. I get into it. The fact that this is a sci-fi show and we're like, I I could barely get through the episode. Like, I physically did not. I kept pausing, I and I did not want to press play. I know. So, <sighs> take a breath, everyone. Inhale, <laughs> exhale. <sighs> like, why is sci-fi triggering? Okay, let's get started. Let's go. Come on. Okay. So <sighs> it opens in a club. Fuck. Do I wish I was out throwing ass right now? not in this club though not in this club it's so 90s like there's cages and like i want to see Mulder and scully all sweaty dancing in a club like that oh my god i wish they would have gone undercover and then just like fucking had to grind on each other on the dance floor like in like the in that 90s grungy club vibe can someone please write that for me are you done tell me about the fic (laughs) there is a fit there is a fic Except for I could not tell you for the life of me who wrote it, what it's called, what else happens. All I know is that there some chicky walking around the blue dress watching people make, make love. love. <laughs> and uh, that's about it. <laughs> um, anyway. i kill you. <laughs> anyway. The club fic, Mulder and Tilly go undercover and they go to this uh, club and it's like a sex club. And so there's a show happening. Mm-hmm. And at first it's just like people dancing. But then they literally end up fucking on stage. And every single person in the audience is like obviously feeling each other up because that's why they're there. I, I don't know. Please send. Oh, well, you're going to have to find I have. I have no idea. Really? I read it so long ago. I can oh. ask around and see okay. if, if, if we I can't have find no it. Idea. Listener, somebody find it for me specifically because I really want to read it. 
I, I will tell you the details that I remember. The details I remember are it was like a bar. It was a club setting, but they were at like bar tables. So like stools. Okay. And I'm pretty sure um, like Scully was like in between Mulder's legs, but like her back was to him. Like her, oh, so okay. it was like that situation. Okay. Um, I'd, like, I'd like to see it. It was really hot. It was so good. Oh my god! Because the only club fic I've ever read is one where they fucked in the club bathroom. But like, I don't even need the fucking necessarily. I kind of just want to read one of them like really dirtily dancing. There is one. There's an AU from when they were in college, which is so good. I I do remember that. I can link that. Is it? I never like AUs. No, it. And neither do I. But it was a really good AU. Like amazing. Okay. Because baby. I'll it's baby Dana Scully, like, in her college years when she's, like, she goes out, she goes to the club with Melissa. Okay, that's cute. I'll give it and a try. Mulder's, like, the, you know, he's not, like, a, he's not with all of his buddies. He's, like, there alone and, like. Okay, okay, I'm with you. They meet and. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's so hot. All right, we haven't gotten into any of them. Anyway. I gotta go. So, club. Club. They're in a club. Uh, but, but. So some girl comes up to this guy, touches his hand very centrally, and then they leave and fuck. The guy at first feels amazing, and then he starts to freak out, and he dies while she watches him creepily from the bathroom. Oh, my God. Hold on. The fact – I, like, actually got really mad about this because the fact that we've seen random characters oh, and yeah. fucking Walter Skinner fuck on screen, but not the two main characters who's – like, not that this matters – but whose entire relationship is built on trust and respect and love. No, because that's like, not sexual. That's platonic. No, be, and Chris Carter <gasps> believes that, like, sex cheapens things. I had such a realization. Yeah, and, like, God forbid Scully let him, uh, Mulder, see her naked voluntarily when she's just horny. Like, I know. How could he ever respect her after that? Exactly. Well, here's the thing is that Chris Carter – Listen to me here. You might have already realized this, but I'm high, so this is going to blow – this blows my mind. Chris Carter – I spilled again. Oh, no. It's okay. Go. Chris Carter really cares about Mulder and Scully's relationship, and he considers it one of respect and, like, high esteem. And because of that, he will not let them have sex because he thinks that women who have sex with men that they're attracted to have, are not worthy of respect, do not have high esteem, and he doesn't respect women who he associates with sex. And so how could any, it be respectful if it has to do with that? He doesn't respect horny women. No. That's ultimately what it comes down to. And, like, we jumped to, to being about cheapening women because we not only see Mulder initiate sex, but we hear about it constantly. Yeah. Other characters remind us, etc. And he's able to do it without consequence. Anyway, continue. Because um, that will be coming up yeah. again. He dies. Yeah, he dies. Um, she watches him creepily. And she undresses and turns into a physical appearing man and leaves. So ugly. This episode is so yeah. ugly. Like, can we just take a moment to say that Larry and Paul Barber and Chris Carter, those are the brothers who wrote this episode, I feel the need to say their names because I want everyone to know that they suck. Because this sucks. Yep. Um, they clearly had no clue about gender versus sex. Sex meaning your physical body. Gender meaning your so gender being a social construct. And they are completely unconscious and ignorant to these things. And ignorant to how framing a murderous supernatural being that can quote unquote bend their gender is extremely problematic and damaging to all trans and non-binary folks. All of them. So like that horrible yep. ignorance is woven throughout this entire episode. And so I want, so it's good that we talk about that right away. 
It's good that we talk about that right away. And then I also would like to get into why um, the defense of it was the 90s, things were different, um, nauseates me. Mm-hmm. So, but I will wait till the end to get into that so we can kind of sum, okay. sum it That's up. That's a good uh, bookend. Um, okay, so cut to Mulder and Scully at the crime scene. Some guy's explaining the case and he's having a particularly hard time understanding how the suspect entered a woman and exited a man or like where the two people went, whatever. And like, can we also just talk about the fact that he called a consenting woman a chippy? But the equally consenting man, he called a businessman. And so it's like the oh framing yeah. is that men, men are identified by their career, even in a sexual situation, while the woman is, um, because she's had sex, solely now defined by yeah, her sexual not, choices. She, she could easily be a businesswoman. <gasps> Thou, I caught the chippy, but I didn't catch the, catch the businessman. Um, Scully says, uh, it's hard to imagine anyone in this day and age or no, Scully it's hard to imagine this day and age someone having sex with a perfect stranger, which is, I know is a moment that you had thoughts about. Yeah, I did. Thank you for allowing me this space. That was really oh sweet. God, yeah. Of course. Um, and then I want to hear what you have to say too. <laughs> Always. I get that this is a comment on the intense fear surrounding HIV and AIDS at the time, but this show does not give a shit about gay people. No. And the issues that they've faced or marginalized Clearly people by something general. that happened at the end of the episode. Exactly. Like, which is what, what we see mean? in this what? very episode. Exactly. It exactly. coexists. Anyways. And it's like, so Scully is like, um, it's hard to imagine in this day and age someone having sex with a perfect stranger. And like all I imagined is like this is a bit that Stevie and I really like to do when this show <laughs> when this show like pretends to be woke and is like is that AAV? Woke? Yeah. It might be. No. It's something that Stevie and I like to do whenever this, sh- like whenever something pretends to be very progressive and like with it. Um, and it's like imagining the person saying the line and then like looking over to a, like a camera like they do in the office and just talking to it. And so it's like when Scully says that line, I ex- fully expect her to look directly into a camera and be like, hi, my name is Dana Catherine Scully. I may be an FBI agent, but I too am being forced to project the slut-shaming stigmas <laughs> of the men who control me. No, it's not the patriarchy quite as much as it is my male writers. You see, they want me to be the poster girl for virginity, purity, and innocence. Someone who couldn't even fathom the idea of having a one-night stand. Who would allow my sexual naivete, naivete to interfere with how I interpret a case where someone's been murdered. Yes, the writers are aware that the quote unquote <laughs> oh, third, the third wave of feminism is burgeoning as we speak. But unfortunately, in order to make the plot work and in order for me to be the feminist character that I am, I have to remain completely sexless because how could I be taken seriously, viewed as intelligent, competent, uh, capable woman otherwise? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you made all the points. Which is, like, very rich because Scully ends up having a one-night stand. Yeah. A year late, two years later. I mean, but that's debated. But that's still debated. Exactly. Which is, like, exactly. She, she fucked him. She, did. she fucked him. <laughs> debated, debated everywhere else except for on this podcast. Yeah, literally. Um, 
So Scully's confused to why the oh no 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 Scully's confused to even why they were assigned this case to begin with, and the guy's like, oh, oh right. somebody like put out a memo to notify you guys that the exact COD occurred, and Mulder's like, yeah yeah, yeah okay, time to go, and so it turns <laughs> out that there's been. <laughs> I was like, come on, Scully, we gotta go. Come on, there's over. Scully, let's go, let's go. I have to, really have to pee. Can we go to the car? So, um, She's like, she, he apparently has been monitoring cases like this, and it turns out there's been five depth, deaths with the exact same MO. Um, so Mulder says all the bo- bodies have a presence of some super strong pheromones, so much so that it would cause anaphylactic shock or a coronary. Um, and the pheromones contain human DNA. DNA. <laughs> <laughs> funny i felt that coming somehow i did too actually i was like waiting (laughs) Mulder says the first body was found in the woods of massachusetts next to a sect of religious isolationists called the kindred um so there's like this weird clay that they're known for (laughs) and he found the same clay in the scratches on one of the victims so they go out, yeah so they go out to where the kindred are um this is an episode with a lot of evidence of her being instructed to always remain behind him like for those of yes. you who don't know but there was like in the first season of the x-files jillian anderson was actually instructed to always stay a few steps behind david like when on camera when getting out of cars and things like that and this yeah. is an episode that you can really see it especially when they're in the store totally um, um also before they leave the office Mulder basically says that, like, these people's pheromones are so strong that they send other people into cardiac arrest. And I'm not saying that I've been there, but I've been there. You're like, you're with one. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's like, I don't know how you're functioning you're right like, now. You're like, that exists. This isn't supernatural. That's the theme of this episode. No, tr- no, truly. I know. Oh, I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> I have a whole thing prepared. Please let me say it. <laughs> When Mulder says, like, something about how the person who died, or, or somehow Mulder's referring to the person who's perpetrating all of these murders as a man or something, and Scully goes, yeah, but you've got victims of both sexes. And it's like, they make her seem so dumb in this episode. I know. She, so it's like, so if the victims are female, how can the killer be female? Like, it's like... They make her like they make her the crux of homophobia so early on. Yes, it's just lovely. And it's literally like they also are just having her ask the questions so that Mulder can answer them right. And then it's very apparent in this episode. And then that's her downfall. And then Mulder is like, it gets weirder. And I just want to make a note that like that should be the fucking title of Chris Carter's memoir. It gets weirder. It gets worse. I. It gets worse and it gets weirder. So they're in that town, right? Mulder goes to the feed store to try to talk to them. And Scully... Oh, my God. I have so many thoughts about this. I hate it. Okay, here we go. Scully is so sweet and adorable and tries to talk to this kindred man. And she's standing by his horse. And then he begins his assault on her. And I feel fucking sick. Baby Scully knows about horses. And I want to cry because she's so pure. And she's so sweet. And she says, I don't mean you any harm. Like, so genuinely. And the second he touches her, you can see this transition start to happen where she begins to lose control. And it's, like, the fear that accompanies that. And it's so blatant on her face. And just, like, A-plus acting for baby Jillian. It's, I'm in a, I'm in a conflict because... Her acting is so incredible, but it makes this episode a million times worse. Exactly. Because, well, here's the thing. If the actress in the role of these situations 
also because the entire show desensitizes the situation so if the actress in that also did that then it would go unnoticed which would maybe also be worse totally so the fact that she she's the only one who gives the situation the weight that it that it literally requires you know what i mean and i make jokes about her being the only one with the high enough stakes but like when it comes to these plot lines that's why it hits so hard because people get so desensitized to rape like especially in this show because there's so many elements of it and i don't I think they don't truly think about the ramifications of the scenes that they like joke and talk about online. You know what I mean? Like I see a lot of jokes Absolutely. about Jennifer online all the time, but like this episode is about rape and it's about trauma and it approaches these topics with zero sensitivity. Absolutely. Like it Absolutely. would be okay if it was about those things, if it gave it the, it's just, it's just always a thing of them not giving topics the weight that they need. Well, and I, and I make a note about it later, so I'll wait till that, but it's like also this, this guy brother andrew or whatever the fuck his name is they make him out to be like he's a boy like he's a little kid and especially yeah, his mom like comes over and fixes his collar wow yeah um especially in this scene he's like very scared by scully i don't know who would be scared if scully approached them certainly not a man who's literally a foot taller than her he's like looking around like he looks very scared he's like looks like he's a little kid waiting for his mom to come back from the store he does um when he's a literal rapist and wow, that's such a good point it's strange because when Mulder comes back out from the shop they know that the pheromones they know that these people are suspects they know that the pheromones are attractants that are being released in large amounts so like what the fuck like why does he not suspect that that just happened to scully exactly it's like she he checks on her and she's clearly not all right but she pretends to be of clearly course. and it just bro- breaks my heart to hear her say that there's something out there Mulder. and he's like oh i've been saying that for years and it's like yeah but what's out there is going to nearly destroy her when you're going to come out unscathed oh my god that's such a good that's that's the point your like, point, that is the point i mean that's what made me think of it um so they drive out to try to talk to the kindred people and they walk together um in the forest and Mulder can't read the fucking map and i only note that because i just like when he kicks it up and she catches it which is like a metaphor for the entire fucking show Ooh, <laughs> interesting she, yeah she keeps everything afloat like she is Even the binding a fucking between, tantrum <gasps> she is the binding between the x-files and the truth can you make that into a t-shirt? Is that a good one? Yeah. Yeah, I can make it into a t-shirt. L- let me just say this, because I guess this makes it, this works here. I, w- I was reading some stuff about this episode, looking for some pictures, reading people's tags on Tumblr and stuff. Um, and I saw one um, that said the only good part of this episode is aroused Scully. Listen. I am a whore, okay? Uh, yeah, I am a whore for Scully. That is one of the worst parts for me, is, is, is her reaction to everything that's happening. She's not aroused. She isn't horny because she wants to be, because it's warranted, because she wants to get laid. She is being manipulated. Yeah. She's being coerced. She's being assaulted. She's being assaulted, and that's not cute um arousal horniness suggests that she is 
looking to initiate something mm-hmm. because, because she wants to satisfy that. Yeah. Um, that's not what's happening here. And it triggers me uh, quite a lot because um, it's happening to my literal angel baby that is Scully. Mm-hmm. And it makes it it makes it so much worse, I know. which is horrible, but it, like it makes it worse that it's her because like, she feels very close to me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like I would be upset if it was my friend that this was at, like, that's how it feels. Yeah. And it's frustrating because the only time this, this is very in line with what we see and how Scully's sexuality is portrayed because the only time Scully is really shown in a sexual way is when she's rendered helpless by the unbearable charms of a man um when she has absolutely zero prerogative and zero autonomy and like zero control so the examples are like this episode obviously um and then milagro in season six or seven which is a male fantasy being acted out she's her sexuality her in a sexual light is being shown from the point of view of a man um and then the episode in, in the revival where she is again shown from the point of view of a man be acting out her sexuality um and then when she's given autonomy um she nearly dies so that's fine that's your trade-off didn't you know can you read your paperwork when you signed up to live in um patriarchy okay come on we can do it suddenly the kindred people come out of the trees and surround them Like, sorry, was that too much of a tangent? This whole episode is too much of a tangent. That's our thing. That's our theme tonight. I have the titles being Stop, Get Some Help. Okay. So, like, injured people, they're in all black. They're in the forest. They're creeping out of the bushes. Um, It's almost like Cats, the musical, but, like, with the Amish. <laughs> Only a really specific group of people is going to find that funny. Yeah, I've never seen that movie, but I trust you that it's funny. Musical, mu- <sighs> What did I say? Movie? Yeah. Sorry. Because um, I was thinking of the movie version with right. James Corden. Yeah, but I don't acknowledge that exists. And Jason Derulo. No, I don't want to talk about that movie. <laughs> Please don't make me talk about cats. Okay. Um, Let's move on. So <laughs> the cat-like Amish people make them surrender their weapons. Um, and if they if they want to talk to them, so then they do. And then they're brought onto their land. Scully's hair is so frizzy, which makes me feel so seen. Like, that's so personal to me. Yeah. So then they sit down and have a meal with them. And of course, of course, Scully is sat next to the fucking J- Andrew or whatever who touched her in town. Um, like, and, sorry. And the, like, they've yeah. been killing men and women. Why couldn't the Kindred go after Mulder? Why does it need to be Scully? Like, her all the time, constantly. And, like, she's sitting next to him. She's exuding such a prevalent and visceral fear i know like, ve- like veiled fear yes of like not wanting to see the worst in people but inexplicably feeling so be- but being in- inexplicably so uncomfortable by his presence like he is so predatory and she's like i don't want to be rude which is that ingrained thing where you feel like you need to be nice all the time which gets you into trouble ladies fuck politeness fuck it we'll do an episode on people pleasing but like for now just like fuck that you fuck don't it. owe anyone kindness 
You don't owe that to them. You don't because people are fucked up. Um, but and it's just frustrating to me because I feel like she's so observant all the time. We've talked about that a lot, like in the early seasons, mm-hmm. her just watching. And Mulder's always in his own fucking world. And how does he not notice that she's that uncomfortable and be like, "Do you want to switch seats? Are you okay? What's yep. wrong? Anything? <laughs> exactly. Just any kind of acknowledgement." It's like she clearly wasn't fine outside of the store, and she's like, "Are you good?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'm. It's just." I was just talking. And then he's yep. like, okay, cool. And then just like... All right, I'll see you in the car. Okay, All right, cool. cool. He's like, can you get me a soda? I forgot. <laughs> like, what the fuck? No, literally. Okay, so... um, Oh, no, no. wonder no wonder none of his last re- past relationships have lasted. That's the ticket. So the man... So then there's an old man coughing the whole time at dinner, which gave me so much anxiety that COVID It was things. so disgusting. Well, COVID he was makes like, things <laughs> much more. <laughs> <laughs> he was like at the kitchen he was at the dining room table like <laughs> fucking gagging <laughs> and everyone was just able to eat <laughs> if i heard that i would be like yeah you know thanks for this meal but like i'm gonna pass <laughs> he, he either needs to stop or i have to go i was like <laughs> <laughs> And everyone was like, what a beautiful meal we're having. <laughs> I have to cut out 90% of this. Why? You can't just make throwing up noises for 15 minutes. It's been like two seconds. <laughs> but it's true. He sounds like he's going to throw up along. <laughs> Anyways. Um... They so they they try to question the kindred at dinner and one guy like gets mad because he doesn't want to hear about the world. Then this really badass woman who seems to be very in charge of the group makes him stand up and tell his and tell him they need to atone for his his wrath. And I was like, okay, go girl, like rip him mm-hmm. a new one. Matriarchy, matriarchy. Yeah, that was cool. I liked seeing that. So the old guy who was coughing literally dies, <laughs> 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 like as if he wasn't showing all the warning signs. <laughs> like with and, then, and then and then. And then the woman at the head of the table pulls up Vanessa Hudgens and goes, yeah, like, people are going to die. But, like, it's kind of, like, inevitable. <laughs> so, okay, old guy dies. Um, and Scully's like, hey, Scully's joking. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And, but they just kind of remove him from the dining hall. <laughs> and, and then they just continue with the night. Um, it's like someone's like you can't sneeze when you're around them or like they're just like <laughs> take them, them away <laughs> okay so Mulder and Scully are like that was really weird a <laughs> man just died okay so you're back at the club the same person who was murdered in the beginning is there presenting as a man and he asks um, a girl to dance and she says no and then he touches her which quote unquote convinces her and like why don't they understand how fuck why that wasn't even words. That's how mad I am. Why don't I'm, yep. the writers understand how fucking serious and painful this storyline is? Yep. Yeah, seriously. They, their brains are broken. Like, they literally have balls for brains. Yeah. I their mean, they're men. gross like, balls. That's, that's what resides inside their head. It's just not um, – it's not a lived experience that they can, un- that they exactly. can it's comprehend. It's like these men are so – like confined to their little bubble that it's like they can't fathom any experience out of their own yeah like we love listening to a woman say no um and the man convinced like not listening and then non-consensually touching her like that's that's just an average experience for them is what that is fantastic yep 
Because it's like, th- that's like what flirting is, right? It's like... Yeah, that's what they're for when she flirting says, is. When she says no, she doesn't really it mean means no. You just, me. you just didn't do a good job. That's so fucked up. It's like, touch your hand. Like, say, oh, come on. Exactly. Just one dance. Exactly. Shame her. Shame her into doing something she doesn't want to do. Okay, so cut back to Mulder and Scully leaving the kindred. Mulder thinks they know something and talks about how everything that happened at the dinner seemed like elaborately planned and that they only ended up answering questions and not getting any answers. And so he brings up that, um, and there weren't any children around, which is unsettling. And so Mulder thinks he saw some of the same faces from the photos in the 1930s that were hanging in the shop there at the dinner table and then decides to go back and talk and figure out more and by they i mean Mulder because he does that without asking sully scully at all and she's of course forced to go with him because what the fuck are her options if she doesn't probably has the fucking keys like yeah literally yep so they go back and they hear this weird chanting and music in a barn and they try to go look and it seems all supernatural and they're carrying the dead man from the table um and putting Mulder, in and, Mulder and scully look Mulder and scully look like ba- uh, bats in the night Oh, their they coats, do. Like, flail- Is there like flapping flailing, through the wind, flailing behind them in a silhouette? Yeah, they yeah. do. They go. That's the last good part of this episode. <laughs> so Mulder goes in to investigate what's in the cellar and leaves Scully out by herself with no word about it. Is anyone surprised? No. no. She's then grabbed by fucking Andrew, who says that he knows information about the killer and gets her to go with him. Because, of course, because she's trying to do a good fucking job, even though she has no support. And if she said no, she would be blamed for not solving the case. But she says yes, and she's blamed because it doesn't go perfectly. Here, here, here's the ticket, right? If I'm not mistaken, trust no one is Scully's phrase. It, 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 doesn't, even, it doesn't matter. But it, the point being, what choice, like exactly what you said, what, whether that's true or not, what choice does she have? And more importantly, why is she being put in these very violating, ter- terrifying, paralyzing situations that are like very, very real for women? Yes. It's horrible. Because that's interesting plot because it's average everyday things for these men who haven't had to experience it. Oh boy, do I have a note about, uh, about that later. Okay, continue. Okay. Mulder goes into the cellar and it's all gooey and weird. It's like the walls are clay. There's a ceremony going on. I'm just going to say everything that happens right here because I don't want to go back and forth when we're talking about the other scene because the other scene is so complex that it's like that it's spliced with. He's in the clay cellar or whatever and they're rubbing clay all over the old man and they like store his body in the clay and he finds a bunch of other bodies in the clay and they're all like transforming their sex and but also healing and then he leaves and that's all that happens. Okay. 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 So, okay, so cut to the creepy man leading Scully into a bedroom and shutting the door. And he says he knows who did it. And he says it was his old best friend and brother, Marty. He says that Marty was different and that um, he poisoned Marty. Whatever. Marty. (laughs) Marty. Moral of the story is that Marty uh, and this weird fucker, Andrew, started to like branch out into the real world. And then Marty took it too far and left. And they're all different. They have the quote, they have the power to quote unquote gender bend and further make people succumb to their will and also kill them, pheromones, whatever. That's what happens. That's what she finds out in this scene. So. so- he is so that i see what happens so he he essentially he like comes out and he's like we're all different he grabs her hand and he starts doing the thing which um and then he kisses her and he pushes her onto the bed it's like it's so much more graphic than it needs to be like he doesn't need to kiss her he doesn't need to push her on the bed while she quietly says no that's so fucking triggering that's so triggering and then Mulder comes in just before he fucks her essentially okay go ahead 
uh, again, like I mentioned earlier, this is really the embodiment of how childlike this Andrew is portrayed as. Mm. Um, in the form of, of, of uh, sec- sexual, like, immaturity, basically. Mm. Um, the way he's like, Marty showed me these. Like, we would go outside the yard and find them. And, like, I don't like most of them. And it's so, so unsettling and off-putting. And you can see that in Scully's reactions. Like, she's really trying to get information out of him, but she is genuinely so unsettled. Yeah. Scully's reactions, and I'm sure Jillian chose to act it like this, because the way that when we see sexual immaturity in a man, we genuinely, we uh, generally think of, like, little to no knowledge of consent, Mm -hmm. of... um, little to no knowledge uh, little to no understanding of safety um a an objectification um and uh, a sense of entitlement Mm -hmm. to women's bodies and to women in general and he embodies all of that as a grown man yep and so when he and, and and then he obviously of course assaults her and so it just excuses it exactly what the fuck we are 14 episodes into this series and this is the line of plot you want to go with really yep that's all i have to say i get i get more into it later so that's a really good point i am ready to hear that was like the most annoying like because they they portray him as such a child that's so interesting because i didn't take note of that at all that's so fascinating i love your mind it's so disgusting. <clears throat> I love your mind. I want to hear it. Let's let's. It's not it. that long. It's just like I'm just doesn't matter about it. So it's like yeah, talk about. So it. <clears throat> this like hit her almost dying. He assaults Scully. Like I say with emphasis, he assaults Scully. She's nearly completely emphatically. Yes, she is nearly yep. raped. A rape that would have resulted in her death. She was terrified. She tried to say no, but was paralyzed and couldn't move. So Mulder comes in just in time. But because of the supernatural element of this show, the weight of the situation isn't fully registered. And I just think it's ironic that Larry fucking and Paul whatever and Chris asshole wrote this scene (laughs) with wrote the scene with the intention. (laughs) No, listen to me. Like they, those fucking idiots. wrote this scene with the intention that what is happening is a supernatural attack like the supernatural element being that she's unable to move respond or fight back without considering that that is a trauma response like that's the ticket this is so realistic and it's like you think that this he has superpowers because he touches his victims and they freeze and comply honey that's not extraterrestrial that's a trauma response you fucking asshole are you kidding me? Yep. Like, you fucking asshole. Yep. Like, there's nothing supernatural about that. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's not, fight or flight are not the only two things. Like, shut the fuck up if you think that. Read a book. Yep. Any yep. book. Well, it's also just, like, step outside of your experience, yes. maybe, for, like, five fucking seconds. I mean, other people react that way. And stop being a fucking asshole. Yes. It's like they think the fact that they think that that's a supernatural plotline shows just how bubbled they are within their own experience. 
That may be my favorite. Like, that might be the most intelligent take I've ever heard on this show in my entire life. So, Jose, that's my favorite point you've ever made, I think. Thank you. I was really mad about it. And then it doesn't help yeah. that Jillian's acting is so good because she's actually, because yep. she understands the gravity of which the situation, of, of the situation that's unfolding. I know. That's like why all the stuff later with William is so heartbreaking because she's the only one that's giving it the weight that it actually needs while yep. what's happening isn't. And it's just like, is and like the writers keep referring to all of the cases and the murders that are happening as sex when it's rape. I know. <laughs> yep. Okay. So I know that was my thing. That was amazing. Thank you. You're amazing. You're amazing. You are. That was a really good rant. I love you. So, <laughs> so Mulder, of course, bursts in just in time and um, he takes her out and they're confronted with Let's the- let him save her again. Let's give him the savior complex again. Yeah, everyone should listen to Savior Complex by Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Can I just say, um, when they're leaving the house and he's like closing her blouse and like trying to like grab her clothes so that like they it's so disturbed that really that Wait, really bothered me. So as they're leaving the house, Mulder is like like grabbing at Scully's blouse and like tr- oh. like closing her closing her coat. Is he- yeah that's so like, fucking like disturbing it and it really fucked me up because um oh i i don't i don't i don't like it i don't like it at all and i can apply oh i don't like i can't it. even get into it because that yeah i have such I, a visceral I, reaction to it i don't like that she's still like in a daze i mean like mm-hmm. jillian's acting here is like phenomenal like unlike anything i've ever seen and for such a small part of the episode it's so moving it stuck with me since the first time i watched it like i remember this episode probably the best because of that small in terms of time on screen of course but like no yeah um it is so visceral and so palpable like just wow okay and i'm not gonna cry because i cried watching it and writing my notes but like Mm. it's really disturbing in the way that sci-fi should not should not be um it's serving in a way that sci-fi should not be and the whole point of sci-fi is like you have every single possibility yeah, in the world no limit on what you can write why would you write those things to create whatever bizarre and otherworldly creatures and monsters and plots that you want whatever whatever you want and you choose sexual assault as if it's unresolvable, as if it's faceless, as something yes. committed wow. by a monster. Wow. And it's not. And that's fucking disgusting. As if it's something that's like, we don't know how it happens. There's no controlling it. Like, castrate all men. And then it's something that can't be solved. Yeah. And how fucking hopeless. Yeah. Okay. So, so the, as they're leaving, um, Scully gets sick and throws up, which like breaks my heart. And then Mulder asks, "What the hell were you doing back there?" As if it wasn't something being done to her. All of my Stop. notes for this episode are in caps lock. Stop. Like, like I when he was yelling at her, my only notes are like, when he, when he says, "What the hell were you doing back there?" and she said, "I don't know," and he said, "You don't know." Like, like are you? Please. She was just assaulted. Stop yelling at her. Are you her. fucking kidding? Stop. Me? Oh. 
like I had the most I you know like when you're what like when you see something uh, whatever either in real life uh, what wherever on tv and like you just have like the automatic urge to just like yell like you can like feel it coming out of you yeah that was my reaction to this scene of course like i literally wanted to fucking grab him by his jacket and be like stop yelling at her yeah because it's not necessary she was just assaulted like and again, like Jillian portrays it so well, which is like concerning for a whole other slew of reasons. Yeah. But like, she she embodies like every single emotion in this in this whole scenario so well mm-hmm. that that is what makes it so hor- so horrible. Yeah, like yeah, the context is atrocious. The writing is nauseating. Everything about this is sickening. But then it's like Jillian's acting where, um, as you said, she recognizes the gravity of this. It makes it like, I can't even put it, I can't even explain, I can't put it into words. It's like, it is so, so incredible. Mm -hmm. And just every, I'm just speechless. I have nothing to say. I just, Jillian Anderson is just incredible. So we cut back to the club and there's cry check, except it's not cry check because apparently his performance won them over enough to recast him as a recurring role. What the, ever the fuck. I don't know what the scare Michael. Is. Michael. That's him. <laughs> I just call him not cry check throughout the whole. Marty's in um, female presenting form and um, she touches not cry check and they go to the car to fuck. Yep. Cut to Mulder and Scully in the car. He got her something hot to drink and he asks how she's feeling and she's embarrassed, which is like, oh. and even though she was assaulted and then Mulder fucking says, why didn't you get out of there before he like, I have a lot to say about this. Even if she had walked in there intending to have sex with him, it's not her fault. Yep. Even if that was the case and it wasn't, it's not her fault. Like, and he says, maybe it's the sex that kills. It's rape. That's the last time I'm going to say it. Okay, go ahead. Yep. Yep. No, exactly. Exactly. So here's why that I, just briefly before I start, but like here's why that discussion gets gets fucked, because the first instance is consensual, the first instance of or or, or seemingly consensual mm-hmm. between the guy and the female the 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 rapist or the murderer who's female presenting at the time. Um, so that's why it gets skewed, is because every other time we are shown that it's rape mm-hmm. we are shown that it's coercion but in the beginning it's a in woman order f- exactly oh in order for it to work and for it to be a mystery until they tell you like how on have- earth could they get her to do exactly oh so the con- okay anyway so the conversation in the car right mm-hmm. um this is like my i will die on this hill like, this is the one thing I love talking about that pisses me off more than anything in this, in this entire series. And that's, like, uh, Mulder and Scully, they're both clearly uncomfortable discuss- discussing Scully in a sexual way. And yet, um, that's the way that she's been used. Like, used. I say that exactly as the definition intends. <laughs> Mm-hmm. used as an intangible non-reciprocal inanimate object yep. it physically enrages me because she is used as a fucking vessel yep 
literally. She is used as a vessel. And this is a theme. This is the theme throughout the entire series where she's used as a sexual object, but never given permission to be the sexual subject and without consequence. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's what I wrote about. So we see never again, the consequence is death, all things, the consequence consequence was pregnancy Mm -hmm. plus one the consequence consequence was pregnancy and then even you could argue in lazarus which is coming up the consequence of her engaging in consensual sex even was torture and death Mm -hmm. by her by her and potential death by her ex Mm -hmm. and so she's just she's punished for her sexuality Exactly. I mean, well, because pregnancy isn't necessarily a punishment, but there are consequences. In this show, Every, it is. She she can't. Exactly. It's like exactly. in real life, exactly. maybe not, but in this show, exactly. what hap- what that is associated with, and what that ends up bringing, it absolutely is a punishment. Exactly. So, again, just back to the car conversation. She isn't even able to recognize that she's been assaulted, and instead, she feels ashamed and embarrassed by it. Like, she and, did something wrong. She didn't handle the situation right, like... Of course. And Mulder, for a second, tells her that it's not her fault. That she shouldn't be embarrassed because she didn't remember any of it. With, like... But but then he says it with, like, the least amount of affection and belief I've no, ever it's seen like, from he him. He says, like, the only reason she shouldn't feel bad about it is because she can't remember. Exactly. But it's like like this man has seen fucking wasabi on the floor and thought it was alien juice. Like his eyes have lit up with joy and excitement and possibility, but the concept that Scully was literally like drugged essentially, yeah, and unable to recall an assault, mm-hmm. that's too much of an ask for him. Yeah. Like and then and then like you said, he blames her. Yeah. He victim blames her by saying, why didn't you get out of there before he assaulted you? As if he didn't know that the victims were being rendered helpless by the pheromones. And even if he, As didn't, if he didn't know what and, the fucking case was about. Like, exactly. And even if he didn't know that, why are, you ask, yeah. why are you asking her why she didn't do something to prevent being assaulted maybe, by someone? Yeah, maybe. Oh, like him she, questioning. so mad him questioning why she put herself in a dangerous situation and not directing his anger at the man who assaulted her is sickening beyond comprehension and like i was gonna say just whoever has victim blaming on their bingo sheet like fucking there you go you got it in spades literally well it's like let's say you get fucking shot and then my first thing that i say to you is why weren't you wearing a bulletproof vest why didn't you or, run? Or why were you in that neighborhood? Zig- yeah. Why didn't you run in Zig? That's exactly what that, like, you never, somebody doesn't get robbed and you don't go like, well, why didn't you have a lock on your purse? Why well, what were you doing out at that time of night? No, but people don't do that. Nope. Not, not in the way that they do it when it comes to sexual assault. Like, totally. And like his, and then, and then he exhales and he th- clears his throat. And it's frustrating because I know some people interpret this as, he just doesn't know how to direct his anger at the people who did it. So he's direct, like, it's coming Grow, off. Figure out how to direct it. I don't give a fuck. Exactly. I don't give a exactly. fuck. If you didn't know how their relationship progresses, do this people sympathize comes with this relationship? Off. Absolutely. This entirely comes off as him being angry at Scully for putting herself in harm's way. 
and maybe analyzing their relationship and how much he cares about her after you've seen their narrative play out maybe makes sense but whether it was because of david's acting or just the writing's intention he's expressing his anger and it's directed all towards her and she fucking knows it and, and she, she reacts to it yeah he can't even meet his eye when she when she tries to change the subject which is like the most heartbreaking thing I've ever seen in my life because we've just gotten over the fact that Scully is clearly upset about the fact that she never knew if her father was proud of her. If she, ne- she never knew whether or not she was accepted as literally a human being in this world. And now we have a man who she clearly cares about shaming her for something that she didn't even do. That like now is like looming over them. Mm-hmm. That like has to be spoken about, but she doesn't want to talk about it. And then the way that he chooses to talk about it is by is by is by reprimanding her. Yep. It's so that feeling is so visceral. Oh yeah. It is so visceral. And I wore flashbacks. That's all I'll say. Like so I just valid. And I'm so sorry because that's so fucked. It's just like <sighs> and then he says, so she changes the subject. Mm-hmm. And she says, what did you find? And he tells her. And then she's like, are you sure? And he's like, I know what I saw, Scully, but she doesn't get your validation. All right. Chugging my white claw. And, and, and I just want to say, too, like, the acting makes it worse because David is so unbothered. Because he's- and Jillian plays it so well. So it's like every emotion is heightened. It's like sticking a beautiful acrylic paint in the center of a bunch of crayons. Like it's gonna, it's gonna make it pop that much more. So when she's highlighting the pain that nobody else is taking seriously, it makes it all the more visceral. Well, it's also like this is the one time that David's bad acting like is actually serving the plot because it's like I I I believe that this is how a man would respond to the situation. It wasn't even a thought for sure. He makes a comment about her doing the wild thing. Mm suggesting that if she wanted what happened to happen then she should be embarrassed um but if she's telling him she didn't then her helplessness means that she's innocent which is fucked which is so fucked and you can be a lot of things short of drugged or physically unable to move or defend yourself and still be innocent exactly it's like that like, Stella Gibson I quote. wanted to scream yeah. watching this. I think this stuff doesn't phase me as much anymore, which is kind of depressing because this is what I wrote my whole thesis about. So when I was initially writing it, that's what I was enraged about. But now I've just like submerged myself so much in thinking about that specifically that I'm really numb to it, which is really depressing to think about. Well, it's depressing, but it's also like, I mean, if you watched a different show and saw this, you would, you would, you would You're be right. It's because I've just immersed myself in this. Aspect. It's just because you, yeah, immerged yourself in this ad nauseum. But the point being is like the notion that if a woman doesn't fight back, that she must have wanted it is, is, it's amazing how, how that was portrayed, how that was, that was um, established in that one line. Mm-hmm. Just to bring it, you know, to a broader uh, space, it's like this linguistic obscurity has very real life consequences, right? Mm -hmm. Like we saw in 
um, the Brock Turner case mm. because Brock Brock Turner is a rapist. Mm-hmm. Um, that his father described the rape his son he committed as quote twenty minutes of action. I don't quite understand what the purpose of this line is in the show. Thinking back, like I don't think that there is a line throughout the entire eleven series and two movies of the show that enrages me as much as this line. It's very valid. Because he's just talking the writers are talking about it like, oh spicy, he almost caught her having sex. That's how yep, they're viewing exactly. it. Like they're not viewing it as a a rape or an exactly. rape. they're not viewing it as an assault. They're not viewing it as anything other than him being like, Oh my god, how coy. He almost he's almost saw her having sex. Oh my god, spicy. And like we see this diminishing and belittling of, of assault so often in real life that it makes it hard as a viewer to think that Mulder cares about her when he says shit like this. And again, like, I think it comes from this uncomfortableness about talking, talking about Scully as a sex object, but like he himself, he himself has a misconstrued relationship with sex. I I, I understand that. I understand that. But that does not, that does not excuse that behavior. Fuck the writers of this episode. I know. That's, that's all period. End of sentence. That's all I have to say. That's that's the overall. I'm done with the car conversation. Cut back to not Crycheck getting sick after his almost fucking the car. Uh, Marty like beat up the cops and turned back on his um and turned back into his male presenting form and then leaves. Um and so, in the first, I never caught this line before, but the first thing that he says in the hospital was on a scale of one to ten, she was a kind three just are you fucking kidding me are you i just i can't believe i've never heard that line before it's it's important you know what i mean i'm gonna break something it needs to be his head just so he's in the hospital Mulder and scully are there questioning him he doesn't want to divulge what happened because he saw quote unquote a woman turn into a man and of course he doesn't want to say that because the show has threads of homophobia always um which is funny yeah and this whole thing is fucking transphobic that's why we said that at the fucking beginning because this whole thing is transphobic it's horrible yeah because then they go on to when they're talking about this conversation with him to say transvestite and she was a he jokingly as if and it's all just sickening. All I have is Scully calls him a transvestite. Da da da. Perfect. <laughs> Sums it up. Then then Mulder says, even if the person were trans, he would still be able to determine whether it was a real man or a real woman. You did that with your whole. That was a hopeful body heave. That was a dry heave. <laughs> I can't even do it. It's transphobic. Yeah, was the was point? Nice. So then they go and they find Marty in a hotel room and they they try to get him. Um, he's killed another person. Both Mulder and Scully get really fucked up in this whole thing. Like they just get beat the fuck up. Scully gets up first, and while Mulder's just like sitting there, he's like, "Okay, you go." Fucking useless. He went down the yeah. stairs. Useless. useless. Absolutely <laughs> useless. Is how I would describe Fox Mulder. Which, and also this yeah. episode. So she goes down the stairs. She finds Marty in an alley, but the kindred people appear and they take him with them because that man fucking manipulates Scully again. 
and it's it's just so fucked and then they all get away well it just goes to like what you said earlier which is my favorite take of all time which is like the the way chris carter frames her freezing as residual effects of the pheromones when really it's a fucking trauma response yeah, like are you fucking kidding me and with then, that and and then Scully's embarrassed even more by how helpless she feels when it's literally not her fault that she was assaulted and denied any healing. Yeah, yeah so then I literally have my last note of the episode because I was just fucking done with they all go back to the kindred's land and all them and all of their evidence is gone and nothing's left but a big crop circle because, of course, whatever causes a normal trauma response must be alien. The, the fucking hmm. end. So I have a quite, a, quite a bit to hmm. say. Go ahead. Um, if if I'm allowed, bitch, you're always allowed. Who makes the rules? We do. So so then, of course, like you said, they had they they had to be alien because not only are they transitioning between male and female, which is extraterrestrial. They just picked a bunch of real of life course. things and were like, "This is extraterrestrial," and I'm like, "Bro, step out of your small ass town for five seconds, go to a city, read a book." But anyone who sexually assaults someone is not allowed to be held accountable, so they must have they must have just been able to vanish on a fucking spaceship. Perfect. Love that. This is a general note about the entire series, but this is the first time that I've felt it. I don't want to hear it was the nineties, times were different, they didn't know any better. No, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. She doesn't want to hear it. I'm sick of this line of defense for this show. They should have known better. There's modern day progressiveness and modern day awareness, and there's basic fucking human decency and respect. The latter is timeless. Doesn't matter what era we're living in. The timing of the show puts the problematic and, and disgusting lack of consideration for decency and, to resp- and, and respect into perspective, it does not excuse it, and it certainly does not make it immune to criticism. Yep. Go, that is, go off. That is my main point that I want to hit because, holy shit. That sums shit. up the episode, 100%. Yeah. And the only thing that this episode does is, like, it shows that when it, com- it comes down to awareness, it comes down to privilege, it comes down to male writers because the transphobia isn't the only bad part of the episode. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to say, like, maybe trans um, issues, LGBTQ plus issues, all of that awareness wasn't really mainstream at the time, which I frankly think is bullshit. But, it like, if bullshit, you. Bullshit, but if that's your argument, there are other things. That's not even. That is not the only bad thing in this episode. Yeah. Um, the the episode is like transphobia featuring sexual assault and victim blaming. So like pick whichever fucking one you want. That should be the title. Yeah, right? Yeah. Heart. Like literally. It is the responsibility of white cishet men like Chris Carter, like the writers of this episode, to do this work, to educate themselves. Yeah. On women. Like Marsha P. Johnson, who was a trans activist in the 60s. In the 60s. In the 60s and 70s, and other trans activists. Like, that is your job as a white cishet man. Like, literally, all you have to do is fucking read about it. You don't need to experience any of the atrocities that come along with living it. All you need to do is read. Just read. Just pay attention and listen. It's not hard. And, like, the bare minimum. Bare minimum. 
And is it possible that he didn't and that was a mistake? Yes, absolutely. Are Stevie and I perfect in our allyship? No, absolutely not. Does that mean that we revert to victimhood and shed white tears saying we've done all that we can do? Fucking absolutely not. No, are you fucking kidding You put in the work and recognize where you've fallen short in the past and you work to correct that. Yep. Like, it's better to admit that they didn't do the work they should have done and acknowledge that flaw than pretend they did all they could have done and erase the experiences of hundreds of thousands of people. Yep. So that's the note on that, and that will be a theme throughout the entire fucking series because I'm sick of hearing that. I'm (laughs) sick of hearing it was the 90s as a defense. That's not a defense anytime. Like, they've always, it's not, maybe not they've always, but it's been a long fucking time that people have had the resources to educate themselves. Absolutely. Like, it's not hard to be a decent fucking person. Exactly. So bad. Like, so the last thing I want to say on this episode is like, on a, on a more serious, I mean, all of this has been serious, but on a very, very ending serious note, um, the episode encourages the already at the time and currently rampant fear and literal alienation of mm-hmm. trans, mm-hmm. non-binary, gender fluid, LGBTQ plus people. Yep. Um, it's also concerning that the first encounter was consensual or seemingly so and they ended up likening that instance of anonymous casual sex to rape for the rest of the episode yep um and then the episode ends of course like we said again just to reiterate with the entire cult disappearing only leaving a crop circle which results of course in no justice for the victims of the rape of the rape multiple rapes and subsequent murders and considering all the violence experienced by trans and queer people in real life um suggesting that they would be perpetrators on this rampant of a level um is who boy who boy is right i wrote that so many times in my notes disgusting disgusting yep nasty this is a nasty no good episode this episode is (laughs) ugly as fuck episode is ugly and we don't like her she's not it's so like it's just ugly it's ugly with a capital u Okay, do we have a final note? Yeah, no, we, we're not doing Jillian's Corner because she's having a fucking identity crisis and I can't talk about it without weeping. So, Like we talked about in the last, no, not the last episode, in Beyond the Sea. Nope. And yeah. No, 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 it wasn't. It was in Fire. They just edited it. It was? Yeah. <gasps> like we talked two episodes ago. Yeah, so like we talked about two episodes, all this shit with fucking Thatcher and she just, another interview came out today, so we just don't want to talk about it um exactly so what we wanted to talk about is giving you guys some resources for um just like what's happening right now in the world yeah because i know a lot Um, of you are going into second lockdown right now because of coronavirus and the increasing amount of cases um like stevie said the uk specifically just went into another lockdown so i guess the the thing we wanted to highlight is i know that not everyone is treating it like that um i know here in the u.s like we just had the most highest amount of cases that we've ever had since this whole thing started. And you don't even hear and about it anymore. Since, and since people were literally not leaving their houses and no one seems to give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've had a really hard time um, remaining um, safe 
and remaining comfortable amidst plans being made as if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so I just we 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 just wanted to provide um, some boundary setting statements for you guys to say, and then also kind of like just some um, some resources. So, um, because everyone is going through a difficult time right now, and it's really hard when you want to be there for a friend, but you really can't. You really aren't even there for yourself, and that is what is most important. Like making sure that you are good so that you can be good for other people and not draining yourself to the point of um, not even being able to be there for yourself. So just some phrases and like, we'll include these. Um, I think I have a a little like um, image. So some things that you can say um, are, I'm not, these are just boundary settings Mm -hmm. for you that'll just help. Um, That looks like I'm not going to be able to help you with that, even though I wish I could. Um, I'm not, I'm going to stay in tonight, but I'm so grateful that you invited me. That's not going to work for me. And I know that's really hard to hear. And even though I can't join you, please know that you are very important to me. This is so good. So just kind of, there's kind of helpful. Um, I think, I think Molly Margaret made that, that image. So we'll put that in our thread Okay. so that people have them. Um, and that's, you know, if you're getting invited places and you, you know, feel lame for saying we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. No, how dare you even ask me to be in a group of people <laughs> right now? Um, also, again, if you're feeling drained um, but want people to know that you still care about them, you have to take care of yourself first. Um, check on your friends. If you aren't able to provide that for them, um, here's a call for all of our listeners. Uh, you are not only strong, you are resilient. And you've been through this before. You know it will pass. I know it's hard to reach out. So, um, friends, if you have a friend in lockdown or just a friend who's struggling right now, um, ask to do their laundry for them, cook them a meal or order them one, um, take their dog for a walk, you know, watch a movie with them, um, ultimately just ask what you can do to support them that's the best way Um, to find the way if you're wondering how to support your friends when they're having a hard time or if you don't know how to be of support to somebody just ask what you can do and for those of you who feel like you don't have someone asking we're um, asking or we are asking right now what can we do to support you seriously there's so many ways to let us know email us the sexfellowspod at gmail.com our curious cat ask us on instagram send us a little dm we mean it though like we truly truly mean it we truly mean we'll do what we can um and then of course we'll provide resources like for you know um for you know serious support um if you're feeling like you need to talk to someone anonymously or or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. um and just know the only thing i will say about jillian right now is that um, her favorite quote used to be, this too shall pass. Um, and so, and it will, and it will. Anyway, the point being is that Jillian, if you, if you admire Jillian, if you love Jillian, if you love Scully, Jillian would sit you down right now. Scully would sit you down right now. And she would say, this too shall pass. It's, and it's so fucking true. It's very true. Even in the moments that truly feel, because I know how 
catastrophic some moments can feel like truly like it's the end of everything and it's not and there's people that support you and when you and I first met you you, not first met maybe like a little bit into chatting you Mm -hmm. said you are so strong and resilient and nobody had ever called me resilient before and like in a way that felt serious and it made me feel so good and like so strong and like I could truly accomplish anything and nobody had ever said that to me and now I tell people they're resilient all the time because that specific descriptor made me feel so capable and strong so listeners all of you are so resilient just think about all the shit you've overcome exactly that makes me really happy truly I think about it all the time and if you're feeling alone here are two friends giving you a big hug giving you a giant hug um and that's the episode that's the episode that was a very happy ending for a shitty episode go us i know we we really tried to bring it back around because which is very reminiscent of how i think the the united states is right now the environment that we're in is right now so Mm -hmm. so it's okay so it's all good that's so true wow look at that very thematic all right um Fuck this episode. Yeah, fuck um, gender bender. Everyone boycott. Um, I'm and I'm also just thinking now, like I used to have a spirit week at school called like a day was called gender bender, and we used to dress up as did you see as boys? Yeah, huh. I I never did it because I didn't do any any spirit week because I because was fuck school spirit. I was the same way. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck do I have I'm- to be? Sp- Spiritful, I never though. participated in spirit week i was like what the mm. fuck school spirit fuck this school we had a toga day we had that too like and every single person dressed up and this girl was like why aren't you in a toga and i was like bitch because i don't want to come to school wrapped in a sheet because like, i hate it here veronica like <laughs> and she made me feel like shit about it i was like ma'am <laughs> sorry you don't ever have to wear a toga if you don't want to. I, it wasn't even a toga. People were coming wrapped in sheets. So stupid. I was like, I don't, I enjoy being comfortable. Like, I, like I already have to today. pull my skirt down because my teachers chase me down the hall because it's an inch too short. Like, I am not coming to school in a sheet. Yep. <laughs> Precariously clipped together. No, it's so fucking stupid. Anyways participate in spirit for yourself yeah have, speak for yourself oh, and like schedule like what you're gonna wear on like monday i'm gonna do like a this theme a, like 80s throwback to them. yeah everyone do spirit weeks for yourself that's so fun so we could do a, se- a spirit week just everybody hell yeah I would love that. okay that's it we gotta go all right thank you guys so much for listening yeah thank you for listening i often forget that we're talking to people and then i remember that like you guys are actually there and it blows my mind because i never thought that anybody would ever listen to this so love you so much that's the move that's the move i I totally know what you mean i'm right there with you and it's wild every time we get like our views go up it just blows my mind blows my mind Okay, we that's love it. You. We need to end this episode. Yeah, we do. Thanks for listening to The, the Sex, Sex Files. Files. That was really in sync. Um, bye.